community. We're back. It's Ethan Shalloway, paired here with Chris Salona, as usual, for episode 24 of the Grunge Bible Podcast. And we are stoked because today is a special day, an anniversary of sorts. Ain't that right, Chris? It is. So the day that this podcast is going to be released to the masses is the 30th anniversary of the release of probably my favorite grunge album of all time, and that is 10 from Pearl Jam, their debut album. Wow. How many years is it? 30. 30 years? 30 years. Uh, Six more years than I've been alive, but... Yeah. Long time, man. Holy cow. Yeah, that is a long time. And we're doing this... uh, uh, I was going to say, you want to check in, Chris? How how are you doing? How's everything going? Yeah, we're we're hanging in there. Um, Last night, so I need to explain. I have this recurring dream for some reason... Um, that <laughs> turn left. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> turn I need, left, Chris. I need to you lucid dream. It. So I have this recurring dream where the circumstances behind it will always be different, but I always tear my Achilles tendon. So that's always been an oh my irrational fear of mine. So I have mm-hmm. this recurring dream that I'm going to tear my Achilles tendon, and I was I was walking around my apartment earlier today, going to the kitchen to make some eggs, and I felt like. I don't know if it was my mind playing tricks on me, but I felt mm. like I like strained my left Achilles tendon. So I was I was scared for a large portion of the day, but we're feeling okay now. Um, who knows wow. though? Hopefully next time we check in, both of my Achilles tendons are intact. But that's that's oh basically God, yeah. that's the biggest um, point of conflict in my life right now is reconciling yeah. that recurring dream. <laughs> I gotta turn I a- left. Yeah, you got to turn left, dude. I I had a really stressful dream last night as well. Did you? I was, uh, yeah, I don't remember the details exactly, but I was with my team and we were at an airport and it wasn't, it wasn't, I don't think it was a traditional country or world that we lived in, but we were in an airport in a very, it was like a maze-like airport mm-hmm. and I like, I think I like fell asleep, we had a big layover and I fell asleep and I was like just running through this airport trying to get through all like get to where i was going and it was like a fucking maze oh jesus <laughs> and I, no and i was stre- i was stressed out and i was trying to get everywhere because i didn't want to miss my flight because if i missed it it was like a 20 hour flight like we were like way across yeah whatever been in some whatever, deep whatever, shit. Universe, whatever universe we we're living in and it was so stressful i was trying to figure out what doors to run in and people were trying to stop me because i'm you know i'm running in the airport and that just is alarming it's so never I'm like, never a good sign <laughs> Even though it's like really normal, it's also still alarming when people are, you know, so very stressful. So I woke up and I was like, okay, good. I'm, I'm not, I'm not late for work and I'm not, you know, late to the airport. So yeah. So you weren't late. I I still have both of my Achilles tendons. So things, things aren't too bad. And and today, as we said, we're celebrating an anniversary. Um, Before we get into that, at the time of this recording, uh, there are nine individuals that we need to thank because they are our nine top-level patrons over on Patreon, so they are supporting us, supporting this podcast. As we said last week, you know, we're, we're making this podcast happen out of our own pockets, and these nine are, you know, helping us out in that way. So we would like to thank, as we always do, uh, we would like to thank Marianne, Victor Schaefer, Shannon Gorgone, Sonny Mashburn, Alexis Shannon, Release, Jade Mercado, Sue, and the real Billy Corgan. <laughs> I still like to believe that maybe there's a chance that... I mean, there's a chance that that is really Billy Corgan. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Until proof... You know, it's like Schrodinger's cat, dude. Until we open up and 
and find out that it's not him, it, it may as well be him. So let so. me ask you this: Which? What if, I mean, like, what if what if he just took out the real and it just popped yeah, up? Yeah, it's just William Corgan. Corgan. Then I mean, who knows? <laughs> William. Let, let me ask you this though: If you could, any musician that is alive currently, which musician would you be most flattered by if they chose to support us on Patreon? Doesn't have to be grunge. I mean, just. There's a musician out there and like, hey, man, I really like what you're doing. And they, they became a patron of ours. The most, I, I have a good answer. The most flattering. So I'm, I'm actually not quite a musician, but I think, and it's somebody else in the podcast game, in the radio game. And if George Strombolopoulos <laughs> supported George, our page. Yeah, Strombo. George Strombo. If Strombo, if Strombo would notice us and say, hey, man, you guys are doing pretty good stuff. Uh that would be that would be really incredible because uh, I love his vibe. I love the I love what he's doing now. I love what he did twenty five years ago um, in, while the scene was going on. And I feel like I feel like he has a great he just has a great ear for music and appreciates a lot of stuff. And it would be so rewarding for him to be like, yeah, you guys are uh, you know you're on your way. I'd be like, hell yeah. So George Strombo is my pick. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. I love that. We've been we've been fans of his for quite a while, and I mean, he's such oh, a yeah. such an important figure just in terms of music media and just music, um, you know, everything about it. I mean, he's not even a critic. He's just he's synonymous with the synonymous with the field. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I think my choice. I mean, aside aside from the obvious ones, I mean, but you you can you can you can check off all of the actual grunge musicians because I don't think any of them will uh, or would. But um, honestly, there's two people that come to mind which would be like, holy shit, um, because I'm I'm intimidated by both of them terribly. Um, one of them would be Kim Thile from Soundgarden, just like the silent assassin, and then the probably the the person who I consider to be the most intimidating is Mark Lanigan. Um, I think Mark Lanigan would hate us personally, um, but on the off chance that he decided to support us, that would be very flattering. Why do you think he would hate us? I just feel like all of these people would hate us. <sighs> this goes yeah. back to a conversation we had way back at the beginning where it was like, which, which, um, which artist would you be most upset if they told you to fuck off? And I remember you picked Dave Grohl. I just, I just feel like fundamentally these, these people would not like us. Um, but I don't know. We've never really asked any of them because they're not really in our periphery yet. Just message them. Do you guys like us? Yeah. Do you guys think that we suck? Like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I, those two guys would be, uh, because of their kind of persona, their scary persona. Yeah, it would be pretty, to get their stamp of approval would be pretty awesome. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with you. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. But honestly, out of out of those three, if George Strombolopoulos liked us, that would I mean, be... That's big time. Yeah, that would be amazing. It's coming. We, we had a few times. We reached out to him. We tried to... Uh, I, I mean, he's going to be a guest on our show at some point, right? I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, we reached out... Well, I think I've, I've sent him a few DMs back. To, yeah, like, that was way uh, back in ago. the day, though. So maybe we have to rekindle. Well, it was during... It was also during the shutdown series. That's the shutdown true. shows. We were, try, we were trying to possibly... Because he does a lot of stuff like that. And, right. Um, sadly that you know the message actually never can i change my answer so, yeah oh yeah <laughs> buzz osborne <laughs> oh dude <laughs> you know if he did if he popped up i would be like almost not surprised if like dude this is so like if king buzzo recognized us <laughs> him and mark arm both like yeah together that would be it like i could die a happy man at that point 
Yeah, I hope they're really good friends. I don't even know if they know each know. other like that. I'm, I'm sure they, I'm sure they're cool. acquaintances with one another, as, oh, as all yeah, are in absolutely. that scene. Um, and obviously, they. Uh, I know Mark Arm, and Mark Arm knows the Pearl Jam guys for sure. I kind of feel like Buzz and the Melvins are kind of, you know, off on their own little, you know, tributary of the scene. But uh, I mean, who yeah. knows? But anyways, without further ado, uh, the release date of this show, August twenty seventh, thirty years to the day that this podcast comes out was the day that 10 was released. And for me, when it comes to Pearl Jam, 10 is 10 is the undisputed champion. Uh, Versus always tries to push it in my mind. And really for the whole scene, I just always go back to 10. You know, I think it's probably the most formative album for me from the entire genre and certainly from Pearl Jam, who is probably my favorite band, I would say, just for what they've meant to me over the years. But, you know, it all really starts with this one. So it's crazy to think, you know, I don't have the perspective of what 30 years feels like because I haven't been alive for 30 years, but it feels like a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I feel the same way. Um, I've definitely listened to that album more than the rest. Um, and I was most excited to hear those songs at the concert we went to. I feel like that one definitely sticks out the most. And and I when I hear people talk about the band that lived through the time, they talk about how great that album was when it came out. So I'm I'm right there with you. I think this one has to be my favorite. Um, you know, just has the most most play. And um, it, I mean, it's a front to back. It's it is. I always every time we have this conversation, I do say it's one of the better albums in the uh, in the scene it's just front to back so good all the songs are bangers and they just kind of roll right into each other it's a great it's a great set and a quick editorial um if you cycle back to episode 10 of the grunge bible podcast uh during that episode we actually did a song by song kind of breakdown and discussion of the album so today will be a little bit different so if you're interested in that certainly cycle back to that episode as there was some good stuff in there but yeah i i mirror exactly what you said you know seeing pearl jam i've seen them twice so far as as you have because since we've gone to the shows together um you know, anytime you hear a song off of this record, um, you know, and there's some that immediately come to mind as just being so special to me. It's just, it's just important. And I think, um, you know, our opinions of the music are always subjective because of the fact that they can mean different things to us at different times. But I think for the both of us, you know, this was really the record and these were the songs that kind of hit us, you know, kind of when we were most impressionable in the genre and just, you know, that point in your life where you're just really looking for powerful music and by happenstance, I guess 10 was the really the album for us. And, you know, that's I think that's why it'll always be solidified for me as, you know, a desert mm-hmm. I- desert island album and certainly, you know, my favorite from this era. Yeah. And it's ironic because, I mean, I think for most fans, this, this is the first album, their debut album. So, yeah, I mean, this is the first um, exposure to the band, the first like exp- um, expression um, from them. So I think that a lot of people, even though that you know we didn't live during that time, a lot of people probably share the exact same thing because um, it came out. So it was like you say, it was their, it was the only CD in their car at the time, and that they or the only CD in their uh, or cassette, their cassette player um, in their room 
Yeah, and it's interesting too, and, and this has some parallels to what we were speaking about last week with Facelift and Alice in Chains when you're thinking about that debut album. And Pearl Jam was a little different because you had had you know, members of Pearl Jam who were in Green River and who were in Mother Love Bone, for example. So, you know, at the time when you hear that, uh, you know, this this new band Mookie Blaylock or Pearl Jam, depending on what point you, you found it, and they were marketed as, you know, being comprised of former members of Mother Love Bone. So it's like, you know, as a fan at the time, are you thinking, oh, is this going to be, you know, very similar to Mother Love Bone's music? Or maybe is it going to harken back to what, you know, Stone and Jeff did in Green River, for example? And, you know, really just to be able to go into the studio and, you know, create something that was new. Um, and, and a lot of these were actually Mother Love Bone demos uh, that, you know, unfortunately they were not able to use since An Andrew Wood had passed away. But um, it's really interesting because this was one of the only records where, you know, Eddie Vedder was just flying by the seat of his pants for this one. I mean, this was very much a Stone Gossard and Jeff Ament production. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to think about, as we were speaking about last week, how that progression happened. And obviously Pearl Jam's got 11 studio albums now, so... You know, at the time where Eddie Vedder was basically just the the lyricist at the time, and you know Stone and Jeff were, you know, leading the charge to making music, and yeah. Mike had his little parts here and there. But it's crazy, you know, how cohesively they came together. I feel like we always talk about that, but you know, this band, you know, so quickly they came together and they made this album. Yeah, and and like you said, it. I mean it's a very complete album and it wasn't like kind of short notice or uh, the, the span of, um, you know, a couple months and, or however long it was. And yeah, it is, it is really impressive the product that they came out with. And some people say that they haven't you know, surpassed that. And also, I mean, it, it, you know, they were young. I mean, how old was, uh, Eddie Vedder? I think he was, time? I think he was he about was, our age. He was, he was maybe like 20, 26, 27 at the time. So, you know, he had come yeah. off of, you know, being a relatively obscure, you know, musician, vocalist, you know, in, in, in the California sphere, you know, with bad radio. And obviously, you know, Stone and Jeff had just suffered the end of their band, you know, which was, you know, right at the right at the precipice of, you know, maybe breaking through with the release of Apple. And Mike McCready had quit guitar for a period of time, you know, and, you know, he didn't know, you know, if he was going to keep playing or not. And, you know, he found his way back. And it's really strange the serpentine route that this band took you know, to get together. Yeah. And even, even the drummers, I mean, on the, on the album, you know, Dave Cruzen was their original drummer and he had to leave the band. And I believe Matt Chamberlain was the, was the drummer for literally like a week and a half. And I think he's in the alive video. And then obviously Dave Abruzzus came in time for the 10 tour, you know, and obviously he's a part of all of that iconic, you know, live circuit performances that, you know, they gave in 1992 and 93. But it's really strange how, you know, it's all chance when you think about it, how all these guys came together. And, and there's a lot of lore around Pearl Jam in this album for that reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, just thinking about that right now, I'm trying to think of like what it would look like today if something like this happened where members of bands came together and, and you know it's it's funny because like people say you need to like move to LA for music or you need to move to New York, and you know for stuff like this like you know you had to be out there because if you didn't live out there you know who know you would it would have been so hard to like be a part of that but because they were you know you know moved or they all lived in Seattle and and like you know that stuff allows you to kind of like interact and yeah know, there's such a intertwining of uh, one all of the bands as we know. And then to like, 
you know how they come to their final product and yeah yeah and it's crazy just like the mythic status that the the genesis of this band and this album has you know with eddie vetter getting the demo tape from jack irons and you know as as legend has it he listened to the demo tape then he went surfing and then he came back and he wrote the lyrics and recorded you know those three songs on the demo and sent it back and you know then stone and jeff heard it and they were like all right like we got to get this guy up here uh, you know right. it's 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 similar to the uh to the lore of um you know sean kinney drumming with a broken hand on facelift you know um <laughs> as, as time goes on but it's almost like something this extraordinary almost has to happen out of circumstances like that yeah yeah <sighs> awesome i mean yeah I don't, <laughs> it is pretty amazing it's like the stars aligned for um i mean the music scene in general i feel like the whole thing is very special it's um you know it's maybe a few other scenes like that across the country in different genres but um pretty unique which is why we love we love the music and i think i think that's why everybody loves the bands because of how closely they tie into each other yeah i would absolutely agree i think that's something that made it so special and you know even just kind of thinking about the the 10 record itself you know even some of the tracks that didn't even make it on there i mean you have state of love and trust you have yellow lead better you have breath and a scream i mean um you know even at the time i think footsteps was recorded around this point in time and you know just they were that new to one another and they were making stuff this good. And even on, on the record, I, I think for me, you know, the, my undisputed favorite will always be released just because of, you know, what it means to me and that, you know, personal story that I think a lot of us have with music and, and particularly with this album, I think there's a lot that goes into it that makes it what it was. I mean, you have at this point, you have 30 years worth of experiences and, you know, countless millions of people who have, had this album place its you know specific imprint on us and and you know that's that's really the metal of what makes music special and what makes this album special because i think everybody who's listened to it has a story you know with the record or with the song and i know you and i both do and i think for both of us releases is 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 near at the top of any list in terms of favorites Mm -hmm. but um you know is that is that the song that you think of when you think of this album yeah yeah, I do. I think I, I definitely think of release for similar similar reasons. I mean, when we were brought into it, the people that were telling us to to listen or telling what to expect at our concerts, um, they were going to open us for release or just how special that is with other fans. And I feel like um, that's one of the reasons that I love music is because of uh, the experience and how it brings people together. And I thought you know that was a I mean a beautiful way to start a show, and that was exactly. Um, how I pictured it. So I, I think, and I mean, and it's a beautiful ballad. Um, and I think, yeah, when we were listening to that, yeah, super impactful. So of course that is, that has to be the most, my, one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, but you know, there are also, there's some really good, there's some, obviously some really good other, other songs on there. What other, what other song do you feel like you have a story to, or that you'd like to kind of touch on, um, or that you feel connected to, um, out of this, yeah, track list. I, I think for me, oddly enough, it goes back to the song Deep. Um, and, you know, mm. just a, a few points in my life without, you know, you know, expensing the personal details. But, you know, you get into a situation and then one day it just strikes. It's like I'm like I'm in too deep. Like I need to make a change in my life, whether it be if there's a person there that you need to get out of your life, you know, whether, 
you know, it's a job, whether it's an environment, you know, something like that, whether, you know, any type of relationship. And, and I've had a few instances where, you know, I've been, you know, teetering back and forth on something like that. And then <laughs> oddly enough, you hear the song and you're like, I can't touch the bottom. You know, I got I to gotta get out. And certainly, you know, I don't imagine that's what they wrote it about or that's what it's about. But to me, that's what it's about. So, you know, that's that's one that certainly sticks out. And then, I mean, obviously, you have a song like Alive, you know, is just an absolutely fantastic song. And I remember just being floored, you know, realizing the first time what it was about, you know, that it's not like a triumphant anthem. And, you know, it's about, you know, Eddie Vedder with, you know, his his dad and his mom and, you know, a bunch of things like that. But what, what about you aside from release? Are there, there's some standouts for you. Yeah, I think, um, I think, uh, I don't know if it was a dark horse or not, cause they're all pretty popular, but I really, I really like, uh, why go. And I, I, you know, I, I kind of allude that to a lot of times when we were, we were out late at night and we would look at each other, and after the concert, we'd be singing like "Why Go Home," and yeah. it's probably it's it's probably not alluding to uh, when you're out partying and you don't want to go home. <laughs> the actual, <laughs> See, li- like, the I actual wish... lyrics of the song it's a little different, but uh, yeah, I wish instead of playing "Closing me... <laughs> Time" by Semisonic, I wish they played "Why Go Home" at the bars. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you know why? Because they both they both elicit very different yeah. responses. <laughs> you would never leave if you heard "Why Go Home." <laughs> Could you imagine a bar just wow? It's like we're not fucking uh, leaving. <laughs> yeah, basically. But the other one is like, yeah, I love a good semi sonic. But yeah, so I think Why Go is is uh, really great. Yeah. I feel like because I'm, I mean, I'm notorious for doing stuff like that. For just staying out a little bit too long, oh, staying yeah. out past just my pushing the boundaries like said, a little probably, bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I picture that song. And I and I I love. I can just always picture Eddie uh, singing that and. Yeah, it's just a, it just really encapsulates like what Pearl Jam that album was for me. So that's a that's that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, what else? Probably. I mean, yeah. E- even flow. I think also even even flow and alive. We we used to uh, jam that with a few other people. So I, I like I like listening to those and kind of playing along on the drums and stuff mm-hmm. more than the other more than the other ones. Those are two that I just have history with. So I I do like those even if they are uh, you know the big commercial successes yeah. they're still great yeah, it doesn't matter they're, 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 they're still they're, important they're there for a reason exactly and they're commercial successes for a reason right yeah exactly. yeah it's it's interesting you know as i spoke about actually last episode with the facelift album uh 10 by pearl Jam was one of the other you know few cds that i had and actually when i when i went away to college you know driving across the country for the first time going to college um you know i just remember listening to this album front to back you know more than a couple of times and you know just driving through the midwest where you can't see anything and you know the sunset and you hear black on the radio you know on the on the cd mm. and you know that's another one right there i mean oh man so, i mean yeah i, I feel like we could, we could go track <laughs> by track and be like oh this is the one you know <laughs> and it's crazy much, you know yeah. and, and and just the fact that 30 this thing came out 30 years ago and we're talking about it with this much you know enchantment almost and i can only imagine i mean 30 years from now probably people are still going to be talking about it uh, you know, that's how special of an album was. And, and and another important thing about this album is actually this was the only era, this was the only album that was out during the time with which Mike McCready had a mustache. Oh, this is important. Yes. 
That's amazing. Uh, we need to uh, we need to definitely post a solid picture of mustache of Mike. Mike in the session. Yeah, if I don't know if you have one in mind or not. Oh, I, or think, I think I think I do actually. But, as a matter but, of fact. But yeah, you were uh, before the episode. You were pretty. Uh, you were pretty um, certain or pretty excited to talk about Mike's mustache. What is it about Mike's mustache that you that you love so much? It's so why, great because it's such, a, up, it's such a bad mustache. So it's such a bad mustache, which is what makes that's it the so point, good. Right? Well, yeah, that's the point. I mean, if you if you have a mustache like that and you're you know playing pink pop or whatever with that, like you have to be one confident <laughs> son of a gun. You know, to go off there with like a little caterpillar on 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 your top lip, you know, <laughs> heading out there, and I don't know, man. I, peach fuzz. Exactly. You know, I've I've always had great reverence for the mustache, and I know at various points in our both of our lives we have chosen to wear the mustache. Um, and I don't know, it's just You've chosen it, that path. Yeah, it's like a solidarity thing when you see someone with a mustache. Like if it's just like long hair. It's the same thing as long hair, especially if you combine the two. I mean, you're going to be undefeated, <laughs> which we've both yeah, done in the past. And don't you you feel better when you have long hair and a mustache, don't you? You do. You feel like you represent something. Exactly. And like I said, when we we talked about like long hair, when you see somebody else with long hair, you know that they that they get it. It's like you what Graham they, Nash they said, same, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Graham Nash. You, know, you knew what they, they stood think for. A certain, you know, they stood for, I feel like the same with the mustache. Same thing. You know, when they when they got a mustache, you know that they stand for a good time. They stand for uh, you know, being a little different, and staying and out a little out. too late. You know, yeah, being out, of, yeah, being out a little too late. Usually, if they got a mustache, you know that they like a nice cold beer. I, you they know. may have been thrown out of the pub a time or two. You know, yeah, um, especially a bad mustache because, like I said, if you're out with a bad mustache, I mean, nothing can right. stop you because clearly well, your own appearance good, couldn't. Yeah, well, you know, and a good mus- a good mustache, you know, just screams you know it's, it's like wealth it's like royalty if you have a really yeah. nice or, or a western or something exactly you know if you have if you have a good mustache you know or you know you're just making everybody jealous exactly because that's what we aspire you know, if you to. got a curly cue or a yeah you know so that's like that's a that's, that's a status thing once you get that mustache that's actually you know really good but other than that um yeah. yeah, that's I'm why it's so important me. to me. So maybe that's why this album is so important to me. But I have to ask you, if you could rate on a scale of 1 to 10 your mustache growing ability and, you know, your satisfaction, because mm-hmm. I, I know you've enjoyed you've enjoyed wearing the mustache uh, for, mm-hmm. for many years now. Uh, where, where would yeah. you rank your abilities? My current abilities, I feel like this past like year or two uh, has definitely improved and... Uh, you know, when I when I'm wearing a hat forward, because that's really important for the look oh, yeah. and for the brand. When I'm wearing a hat forward, um, I feel like my mustache game is pretty high. When you take it off, maybe it's because the light hits it a little bit better, but it's not as good. But I, I would say I'm I'm at a like on my best day. I feel like I'm at a seven, yeah, or like a like a like a six and a half to a seven and a half. Um, you know, I always don't think it's as good, but then people say like, "Wow, you really you know you got it," and so. I don't know. Yeah, I I got a. How about you? What's your? I got a funny story about mustache sense. <laughs> but what's your? What's your? Uh, so your it's, mustache it's, it's ability been, right it's now? It's been about a year and a half since I've committed to growing a mustache during uh during the early stages of quarantine back in April of 2020, give or take. I, I committed to the mustache. Um, usually, well, the nice. 
The nice part is you don't need to necessarily commit to it, it, it just until ha- you shape yeah. everything yeah, else. Yeah, you, you, you cultivate it, it under like the cover surprise. of darkness. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I always used to like, do. Surprise. Yeah, no good mustache has grown without the presence of a beard prior to it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's been a while. Um, so my plans for this fall is actually I'm going to grow a beard for a little bit and I'm going to cut it off. <laughs> Your and, plans and see, for the fall. And, I love and, this. And see what I have, you know, because <laughs> I, I think as of right now, I'm probably in like the high fives or low sixes. Like, I don't think it's a great mustache. Um, but honestly, like, I am planning a mean mustache this fall. Like, I'm going to commit to it. I think I'm going to do it. I think September, I'm going to grow the beard. And then come October, shaving off the beard and leaving the mustache. And we're going to stick with that for a little while. Um, you know, because like, like what you said, it's not about how good it looks. It's about what you represent. And Mike McCready, mm-hmm. for example, he understood that. He never even went with the beard. I don't even know if he could have grown a beard. He just went out there with the caterpillar and fucking rocked alive and even flow solos in front of 80,000 people. Yeah. You know, that's what it's about. <laughs> That is that is exactly what it's about. I, I that's amazing. Um, the story that I was going to say yeah. is my uh, my my uncle, Uncle Mikey Elijah, my little brother, had just called me and told me this story, and and it's it's, it's just a funny. Um, yeah, I think he's he's not quite eighty, seventy something, but he had a mustache for years, long time. He said I used to have a mustache, and he was a gym teacher, Naturally. and uh, and he he basically said he's like in in a very like yeah he. he Anyway, he's like, I had a mustache for, he's like, I had a mustache for 30 years while I was teaching. 30 years. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, like, that's, that's pretty long. And yeah. He's like, it's like, and it was, he's like, it was big. It was really good. He's like, but then, you know why I cut it off? Because it got white. He said, all of a sudden, it got gray hair, and then it got white. And it was, it was so white, I couldn't even see it. So I just <laughs> shaved it off. He's like, and no one noticed. He's like, I could. He's like, no one noticed. He's like, I had to tell people that I shaved my mustache. That's how white it was. <laughs> and, and like, it's, and, and of course, like, we're like laughing. He's like, do you hear me? He's like, I had to shave it. No one, he's like, I had to tell people I didn't have a mustache. And it was like, the, it was just so funny because he's an older guy. And, yeah. uh, but it was, it was great. But the power of the mustache, yeah, I mean, man. It, be, it became so much a part of him. <laughs> and I have to say, because we've, we've both had very long hair in the past and we've cut it. We've both had beards, mustaches, you have it, and we've cut them. Um, it is offensive when people don't notice. Like if your circle doesn't notice, like I remember, I remember, you know, I had long hair in college and I cut it off like right before I graduated, probably one of the worst decisions of my life, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I went to this, this, this event that we had and like, some of my teammates and acquaintances, they were like, they literally came up to me and did the, like, you look different. Like, did, did you do something? I was like, I, I just chopped off like 14 inches of my hair. Like, of course I look different. It's very offensive <laughs> yes. when they don't notice. And you know what? You know what? There's, uh, there's a great lyric that goes along with that, along with the whole journey. When you're growing out your hair or when you're growing out the mustache and you chop it off and people don't notice, and it's simply put, my pain is self-chosen. <laughs> at least I believe it to because, be. <laughs> at least I believe it to be. Because that whole time, it's like, you, you, you know, you know deep down that, you know, after you cut your hair, you realize that, wow, I look a lot better with short hair. Oh, totally. Or you cut your mustache, like, wow, I can't believe I had a mustache, you know, for so long if, you know, for whatever reason. So it's like... Wow, I just I chose that pain. But and that no just one goes to show how dedicated of a principle it is, because you're willing to sacrifice your own personal exactly. level of attractiveness for the principle. Because like I know I didn't yes. look good with long hair. I know I don't look good with a mustache. But like it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's it about the it's principle. Not gonna stop me. No, it's not going to stop <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> what do I have to lose? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
about principle. Exactly. See, people people don't understand that nowadays. You know, I'm sitting here on my rocking chair, you know, pontificating about this shit, but it's important. And Mike Mike McCready understood Over the line. That. Yeah. <laughs> Am I the only one who gives a shit about the rules anymore? <laughs> Exactly. This is a league game. <laughs> this determines who it's goes to the next round. Market round. eight. Market eight, Smokey. <laughs> oh man! See if if episode twenty four <laughs> is the ten podcast episode, we have to do a big Lebowski episode. I think so too. We have to. I really do. Yeah, because that, that I mean, for for us, that's about as 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 steeped in lore as it gets, along with something as like OG 10. as it gets. Yeah, yeah, as OG as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe if the people like that, we'll have to we'll have to dial that up. And speaking of the people, um, as always, uh, thank you so much for your continued support. Whether it be listening, subscribing, liking, commenting, giving us advice, giving us criticism, telling us to fuck off, supporting us on Patreon, buying a shirt, buying socks, buying a hat, any of that stuff is absolutely fantastic, and we're very thankful for everybody that has chosen to support us if you're interested in finding out more ways to support us or if you want to explore uh, those avenues that i just mentioned minus the fucking off part um, you can go to grungebible.com for all of the links to our merchandise to our patreon uh, and to all of our streaming services so we're really thankful for that support um you know this is the 24th episode 24 weeks that's uh that's uh over half a year and we're still doing this thanks to you guys. So we're really thankful for that. Yeah, we are always so, so thankful. We want to, I think we got, we want to keep that, keep that uh, a theme to thank you guys um, more than we should. So um, know that you guys are much appreciated. Um, so are we growing mustaches, Chris? We're growing mustaches. It is decided. I'm, I'm about to, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I have, I have an, I definitely have enough facial hair where I'm, I'm after, as soon as I set down this mic, I'm going, I'm shaving everything <laughs> but the stash. I just, I'm so going I just into sh- this weekend in the beach hot. Oh yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to yep. do it. I just shaved last night. So we'll check yeah, you're in. Fresh. Yeah. We'll check in in a couple of days and uh, yeah, I look like a little boy now. And uh, yeah, I don't know. A couple of days time. We'll get this sucker going and uh Hopefully next time we sit down to record this, we'll uh, you know we'll have some some nice mustaches to show off to the people. Um, oh heck yeah! That'll be fantastic. And um, you know, I don't know. I feel like for song of the week, I should have chosen a musician that has you know superb mustachery. But I, I don't believe this individual um, is a mustache person. Uh, but unfortunately, um, I'm just gonna get right into my song of the week pick. And I believe this is a please a music- do. I believe this is a musician that you've seen live. Have you seen Briston Maroney? I did. I just saw him uh, about yeah. like uh, three months ago. Who did he open for uh, when you saw him? Uh, Mount, Mount Joy. Joy. That's right. I couldn't remember who it was. But anyways, um, my song of the week is, is from excellent. Briston Maroney, and it's uh, Freaking Out on the Interstate, which I think came out last last year. And um, I don't know. He's, he's really talented. Really, really talented. Now, I knew... Um, yeah. He released an, an EP in 2019 called Indiana, uh, and I was a big fan of the song Caroline on there. Um, but yeah, I don't know when when I heard. I think one of my friends initially suggested this this song, "Freaking Out in the Interstate," to me, and uh, I pretty much listened to it, you know, back to back to back to back to back for like an hour and a half uh, a few days ago, as I tend to do with songs that I discover that I like, and uh, that one's etched in stone. 
as my song of the week. You know, just just that one spurt will probably land it on my Spotify top 100 list. So really, so you just kind of you just kind of binged it for yeah, a good 90 I, minutes. I, I, I binge songs wow. pretty badly. Um, well, it's not bad. I mean, fuck it. I can that makes I can sense. I yeah, I, I thought I thought yeah, I thought you did something like that. That's yeah. interesting. I mean, that's how that's how that no, one that's year. That's great. He is. He's really good. He's got a he's got a good band. I think um, yeah. the drummer. I really like this drum, the drummer of the band, and totally. uh, they were they were pretty fun. Yeah, like I, I, I was, hope to I, see them again. Open up for somebody or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, I was talking to somebody once back to the binging thing, and like they, they could not fathom the fact that I would listen to a song back to back. But like, I mean, that's what I do. That was like that one year where Colorblind by the Counting Crows was my second most listened to song since I left it on <laughs> overnight one night after a binge listen where I had it on repeat. Um, so I, mean, I can't believe it wasn't um, the number one. Though. I know I, I forget what overtook it. I think it was Light Years by Pearl Jam. So that was a tough wow. year by 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 that sound. But what's what's <laughs> what's your song of the week this week, partner? Yeah, yeah, my song. I'll go uh, a little bit different than what I've been doing. I actually the other night, a, one of my favorite films was on TV, and it was The School of Rock. Oh. And I absolutely, I posted a few times on the page. I love Jack Black. Yep. It's one of my favorite, just music, Jack Black, comedy. It's so good. And um, in one of the scenes when they're first getting to, um, when he's first teaching all the kids about the music and they're, and they're like getting used to practicing in the room and all the, like the setup and tear down and like doing stuff discreetly and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Um, the back, the background song is Bonzo goes to Bitburg by the Ramones. Okay. And, and it's not a song that I was too keen on before, um, noticing in the movie for the second time or, or, you know, watched it a million times, but right. finally noticing the, the music and, and like listening it. And, uh, it's a great song. And I love, I love the name Bonzo goes to Bitburg and, uh, it's really good. I mean, the Ramones is a band that I love that I wish that I listened to more. I've, I've gotten into them a little bit, but I really don't know much about yeah. like, I mean, they have, you know, incredible history and culture behind them and, and significance. Um, and I, I did have like, I've had kind of stints with the, uh, the, the punk rock and, and, the uh, the British, British rock and whatnot. And mm-hmm. it's some of my favorite kind of like history of music yeah um so i need to get i need to get back That's to you. i need awesome. to release the ceremonies more yeah, yeah I, so I have to it's say, a great song it's good yeah i i have to listen to it because i'm gonna be honest like the ramones it's another one of those bands just like we were talking about last week um you the know doors, everybody yeah. just kind of respects them as like they're important but like honestly i'm gonna be honest like to this point, I don't get the Ramones. Like, I, I don't get it. Um, I haven't developed, yeah. a, I haven't acquired a taste for it. Uh, like, they're up there with um, another band that, like, I just haven't been able to get yet is Queen, you know? And, and mm, I mean, there's, really? there's no doubting their talent, obviously. I would never doubt their talent. I would never doubt their importance. You know, same thing with the Ramones. I just, I just haven't been able to get into it. So maybe this is the catalyst. You know, it's another band that I know that you don't, uh, you don't get, but I really wish you did. Who's that? Rush. <laughs> I've I've started to a little bit. So I'll say okay. I'll say um, Steely Dan. They were in that category with me. Um, and then mm-hmm. uh, one of my old bosses 
loves 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 steely dan and like we used to be in the office you know late at night sometimes and we just listened to steely dan records like back to back to back so that kind of got me into it so maybe i just need to have like a rush week you know like on the list there's there's rush um the fish experiment we're still working on that (laughs) back to a couple of weeks we need to we need to recap we need to recap next podcast yeah next podcast we're working hard that'll have been like three weeks to get into fish so We've been in the f- the fish boot camp right yeah. now, and we're gonna we're gonna we'll catch you up next yeah, time. Been working okay. eighty hour weeks with fish, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's like Rush, Queen, the Ramones. I mean, there's just some bands that like I have some homework to do, so yeah. maybe this will help me. But yeah, if, if not, I'll just go back and listen to ten for the sixteen thousandth time or whatever. Yep, put it on repeat, baby. Yep, you know you know the drill. <laughs> But anyways, um, awesome. yeah, it's it's really Two great. Good so, requests. yeah, happy birthday to uh, to ten, which turns thirty. Uh, I'm sure um, you know the Instagram feed will be very ripe with content from the album, uh, not just ours, but obviously the bands as well, and and other people in the Pearl Jam slash grunge slash music community. Um, it's always great. Love listening and hearing and reading everybody's experiences with the album so i'll be looking forward to doing that today but uh ethan do you have any closing thoughts no i think that wraps it up really well um another great podcast again we're thankful again and and uh, check out the songs of the week that playlist is, is growing now and i love the diversity i mean they're right there we just did you know two two songs on this pod and the last pod at back to back. And I just feel like they're all so diverse. Absolutely. Also shout, shout out to uh, Drew McFadden, our wonderful producer. Um, he's doing a great job and making us sound good at least some of the time. And I'll take that right Drew? <laughs> yeah. Some of the time is better than none of the time. Thank you, Drew. Uh, thank you <laughs> yeah, to all the of man. the listeners out there. Um, and we will catch you guys next week with a new topic. Happy birthday, 10 Ethan. I'll catch you sometime down the trail. All right, guys. Thank you, Chris. And as always, rock and roll. Talk to you later. Take her easy for all us sinners out there.